For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's going on, Rugby Rant fans? It's Rob the Hammer, Hammerschmidt, and I'm coming to you with an RPK of sorts. And I have a special guest. Uh, man, I don't know if there is a guy out there in the sporting landscape that has more energy than this dude <laughs> that I brought on tonight. I've been looking forward to this. I you know, do a lot of podcast listening on my, on my commute, and um, I'm listening to you know, Joe Rogan and Burt Kreischer, and I'm thinking to myself, yo, that's what I got to do with gift because he's just one of those dudes he's been on both sides he has his own podcast he's a commentator he's a producer he's a promoter for gift time rugby network and gift time media the dude just works his junk off in the media landscape in, in the united states and is if that isn't enough the hbcu classic is coming up and we're going to talk a bit about that but this just this guy just has his hands full, and yet he does it with a smile. Brother, <laughs> gift, welcome to the show, my guy. Rob, bro, thank you so much, man. And, uh, it, you know, it's always a pleasure. I, I you, You'd say that about me, but I returned the content. Like, <laughs> I, I've never – there's not a guy who promotes – who promotes rugby who's always the New Orleans fan that's not from New Orleans but promotes <laughs> it to the extent – like – I get a little jealous from my side whenever that happens. So I'm just like, look, I'm, I'm matching into the energy. I'm matching into the energy. I love it. Thank you so much, bro. My pleasure. And there's a lot I want to dig into today. But I, I got to start with something funny because that's the way I always like to start my questions to, to get people comfortable. Uh, and I was doing a bit of research just, you know, we've we've talked on the pod before. But, you know, sometimes you always find a morsel that's new and different and you can bring into it. So I got to ask, you know, we'll, we'll start with a run, pass, or kick, at least at this, at this point in time. Run, pass, or kick, if you could be any one of the Power Rangers for a day, and I've heard you are a Power Rangers fan, which one would it be and why? Yo, let's go. Hey, look, this is an easy one. It would be Tommy all day. I Now, mind you, because we're going to go in nerdiness a little bit on this one. A lot of people are going to go, oh, we want Green Ranger power or Tommy. No, I want Red Zio, you know, all these powers, just best leadership, learning your way. That's it. That's it for me. Like, let me get Red Zio, Tommy, Oliver, 
rest in peace, uh, Jason Frank. Jason Frank. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that the the Power Rangers a bit after my time, bro. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's it, mine was more Scooby Doo. I can, uh, right. you know, Scooby Look. was. I love Scooby Doo, a little Scooby Doo action. But but I got gotcha. you. It's the gang of five. That's that's all yeah. that matters. As long as we got the, <laughs> the gang of five. we got the five. Look, everybody has that one. You know, whether you want to be <laughs> Scooby or Scrappy, you're like, you know, it's like, do I want to be Tommy or Jason? Do I want to be Donatello or Leonardo? I guess technically that's four, but we, you know, same concept. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Well, you know the who, who is the the sensei of that uh, of the teenage mutant mutant ninja turtles? We can true, true story. That makes it the five. Master yeah. Splinter is it all? Splinter. See, I like yeah. the way you think. I like See? the way you think. I'm on top of it, man. <laughs> the, the, the old brain hasn't gotten mushy yet. I, maybe maybe for like the MLR final in Chicago, you got to get your, your yourself back into the country, get yourself up here. We'll get Ty, we'll get Scott, and maybe we'll figure out a fifth and we'll have our own gang of five and celebrate like it's uh, like it's 1999 all over again. Let's go. Let's make yeah. it happen because that, that, that actually feels – Strongly nostalgic in that yeah. moment too. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know, we talked about all the things you do in the rugby media landscape. Uh, you know, podcaster, broadcaster, marketer, content creator, organizer. You know, just all over the place. Uh, I got to ask this, and we're settling into some serious questions here. If you were independently wealthy, man, I mean, you didn't have to worry about money. It that was that part was handled. Uh, run, pass, or kick. How would you prefer to spend your time? Honestly, and 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 that's the funny part. And everything that I'm doing now is basically what I'd want to do, but now I just would not have all the stress. So the maybe the most realistic one would be being able to go travel and do more of the the charities that work with rugby thing again. So like yeah. what we did with going to Southeast Asia, now just do that for each and every continent and and be able to kind of uh put that 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 imagery together because that was dope on multiple levels. And then, of course, travel to be, be able to play simultaneously. Yeah. So it just kind of works, works all together. Now, what would my wife like to do? Uh, that's a whole other question. <laughs> yeah, a different story. I, I feel you there. I for sure and that might end up being the real decision. But, you know, yeah. the dream over here. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I like that. I, you know, I think if I, I would do the same thing. I'd still do what I'm doing. I just, you know. I would do it full time and I wouldn't care how much money made. I would just do it because it's, it's good for the sport and helps move the sport forward, you know? Right. You know, I I think it's, it's always been about the development. I always tell people like this, as much as it's, you know, you want to be able to make the money and eventually will with this, it's, it's a mission because at this point in time, there's just, there's not a return the way that people would say it. So like when you talk right. it with your friends and family, they're like, why are you doing this? This is crazy. Why are you stressing? Why are you, you putting all this, you know, pressure on everything. And you're, you know, like, this is what I was kind of meant to do. I don't know why it came into my system. It's just, this is what we do. And I just know that regardless of wherever I change to, I'm always going to return back to, to this, to try and finish out whatever that mission is. So uh, it's, that's the process. We, we, we don't have expect everyone to accept it, but we just know, let everybody know this is what to expect. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it was, it was so much fun meeting the, the 100 club and all the folks that traveled nice from dog. Seattle. I'm going to get to see them again this weekend. So the conversations will carry on and, and I, I don't have to be on my best behavior uh, when I go down to new Orleans this weekend. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Let um, loose act, especially yeah. this is, 
This is just oh no no just still in the middle of Lent. So you know yeah. you you got that good time. You got that good yeah, time. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and you know Dan and Sheila Falcon are down there, so I'm sure they're going to be excellent tour guides. They're going to take care of me. And absolutely, how can the you best. go wrong in the city of New Orleans, right? Man, amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. Miss my Nola folk. <laughs> how about it? So uh, let's let's talk about you. Enough about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> uh, for folks that don't know, um, Gift is. You know, he's organizing, full-on promoting the HBCU Classic, and it's a full-on festival. Run, Pastor Kick, what can you tell fans about uh, this festival that's going to be taking place? Let's get the dates. Let's get the down and dirty. I heard there's yeah. music tied into it, which is, I mean, how can you go wrong with rugby and music? Uh, <laughs> RPK, what it, what it, what's this all about? Yo, like you know, HBCU Rugby Classics is exactly what it is. We're here to put the culture of rugby and HBCUs together. We have a great lineup going on. We have Morehouse taking on Howard and Man Howard women taking on University of Maine Farmington. We got our uh, you know highlight to you know uh, predominantly black and brown programs like Withrow High School, Memphis Inner City Rugby. We got Crystal Ray High School coming in for the first time. So we got some new entrants. And of course, like you said, it, this is also music as well. We have this year, we're bringing the first ever HBCU Rugby Classic Stroll Competition, which is basically getting the uh, fraternities and sororities, black fraternities and sororities, aka D9. And they're going to be showing off their best stroll in competition with each other. We'll crown that one this year. We got great music happening with uh, two play, two artists that will be performing. They're entering the platform, but they have wild talent. One is a 16-year-old kid named Javier Gooden. Like a little, he's like an R&B prodigy uh, on his way up. He's going to be trying to get to an HBCU. So he's like, let me, let me show you guys what we can do here at this classic while being able to, yeah. uh, you know, enlighten the crowd and then we got uh another hip-hop artist he is a poet he is kind of a little gospel he is li a lyricist his name is josie he's straight from the washington dc area um you know and and he if you check out his stuff, this man makes creative beautiful music videos with his music just kind of remind me of um uh, uh not quite not full kendrick Lamar, like a kendrick Lamar e and uh uh, um, uh, uh, Jay kind of mixture going on there. And, and it's just real talent happening. And then just a competition. It's like, it's, it's going to be a dope three days. It's March 31st to April 2nd. Absolutely get your tickets. And even if you can't make it to the game, I always say to people, go ahead and purchase the tickets so that we can give it away to somebody who may have never seen the game. And just have a chance to just let them come in without any worries and just absorb it in. And it allows us to not only be able to introduce the game to more people, but we also simultaneously get to support uh, and be able to lift up. Because the key of this is we want to change the business model and we want to highlight the, the, the teams and we want to bring the schools and we just want to we'll change the game, you know, bring American yeah. identity up to its fullest par so we can take over the rugby world the way that we believe we're supposed to. <laughs> Absolutely. So where's it taking place? It's taking place in Washington, D.C. at uh, Howard University. So Howard University, legendary HBCU, Ivy Leagues of HBCUs. Um, and honestly, it's a true honor to be able to get it over there. But that Washington, D.C. area, that is a different level of hotbed for rugby and rugby support. I, I'm surprised 
by how much it is. Yeah. And what, what I love about it is that, you know, let's be honest there need, we need to get more black and brown athletes playing rugby. Yeah. Right? Look. And, and it's, you know, to some degree, I, I don't want to say the rugby community locks them out, but it, it hasn't tapped into the potential that's there to bring in more athletes, you know, and it's, a, and it's an, and it, we know that one of the benefits we've always sold it is rugby is an, uh, an inexpensive sport. You need right. a pair of shorts and socks. And then the team takes care of the jerseys and the ball and boom, you're on your way. Right. Boom. Exactly. And look, I, I think it even goes even further than that. I think it, we, we know as we play rugby has provided us opportunities that we might not have actually naturally have gone to without it. And I think within those opportunities, and I can speak for myself personally, as a person who traveled when he was younger, the level of travel that I've been able to do um, and experience and uh, the various cultures I've been able to experience completely changes your entire worldview of how you see people, how you interact, what you expect from them. And so on top of what, you know, players can do on the field. It's what can the sport do for them off of it? What is the networking that yeah. we create? Like, I still get surprised by how many people that I know in different areas who are doing amazing things. And we all know each other through this connected sport of rugby. Right. And 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 you speak to the other side of it where it's like, you know, there's a cultural element of it. Like, while rugby facilitates a a, a subset of rules. And I think that's the part that we really want to be able to break in terms of maybe limiting what is a rugby person. But we can always say that rugby has interceded, you know, intertwined cultures from around the world one way or another. We kind of take it through the prism of rugby and put them out. But I think now we, especially in 2023, we want to kind of take the prism of rugby and kind of bring multiple cultural versions of that same rugby out. So we have a shared, you know, concept while also, being able to show the uniqueness that everybody brings to it. We see it with New Zealand. We kind of see bits and pieces with England. And now I think even from the American side and, and our various formats of culture, we're able to like utilize it to build something that can be even bigger than what we see now in our sports world, just because it just has a different meaning to it. So the opportunity and the athleticism just go hand in hand. And of course, that doesn't take away the character build and, you know, the friendships, the community, et cetera, like that. But, you know, we want to work to be able to build those things out. And that's, that that part is what constantly gets me excited one way or another. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I especially that theme you talked about where, you know, you have these contacts throughout the rugby world. And and at some point in time, those, con- those contacts overlap. Maybe you kind of know yeah. each other. You've talked to each other before. And then all of a sudden it comes together. And it happened with me and Wendy Young. We've had Wendy on the show from this, um, the the scrum so half down there in Aust- uh, Dallas or Austin. In Austin. Yeah, she's in Austin. in Austin. And, you know, we've had her on the show, and we have a great time. She's so knowledgeable and such a brilliant, brilliant purveyor of rugby knowledge. Um, and then all of a sudden she's she's getting a gig with, uh, with uh, the MLR being one of their commentators, and I happen to be working on the, on the sideline. It's it's like it, it, it's so so wonderful knowing that you know, we have these, these contacts in the sport. I mean, it's like rugby really in America is a small world. You're you're like one or two, you know, um, delineations from somebody in the rugby world. This is absolute fact. Honestly, this one is, again, this is one of the biggest ones that still surprises me, even though we know it 
intellectually, but uh, uh, emotionally, it's just it, it still shocks me whenever it's like, oh, I know this person who knows this person, you know, even just the concept of like with Wendy, who's, you know, obviously been in the game even before I was in it. Um, and and just knowing the connection that she has through so many uh, people and, and how that's even facilitated to what I've been able to do as well, like it's 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 wild how much we connect it makes it that much more important that we try and make sure that we always find a way to stay on some kind of equitable footing because we mm. do all affect each other uh mm. either directly mm. and indirectly uh mm. and it's just it's 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 a great responsibility it's can be a little bit scary sometimes but it's exciting because it lets you know that there's there's multiple driving forces that are going on here yeah i i gotta get back i gotta ask you um you know, you could do it as a run past your kick, but you're going to run with everything. So I just throw it out there. Just <laughs> I, I don't, there's no pass. <laughs> that was one of the problems I had with my rugby team. Yeah. They were like, yeah, you don't pass <laughs> yeah. enough. <laughs> like, yeah, why change the- Why change your character, right? Right. You know? uh, yeah, so, uh, how, you know, how did you become involved with uh, this classic and the festival? What was your, you know, introduction to it? And, and how did you get into the position to be a promoter and purveyor and organizer? Yeah, so um, I mean, short and short and simple. You know, I founded the HBC Rugby Classic, but it kind of came because of the fact of what happened in 2015. So, uh, speaking of you know Wendy, and then we're talking women's rugby because at, whenever Atlanta Sevens was happening, I think 2015 mm. was the last year. Uh, it was right there, so it was I was able to go cover that. Covering Atlanta Fifteens uh, allowed me to learn about Morehouse College having uh, a rugby team. So that laid the initial seed for, yo. Know, I would love some HBCUs to have it, but I didn't know that uh, at the time, the extent of where it was um, kind of fast forward another year or two, you know, I was uh, at the time trying to broadcast games on a regular basis in 2016 uh, and, and get the streaming concept into our normality. Let's regular college games. Let's go see, make sure we don't lose them in memory and we can talk and build off of that. And then the following year after that, I wanted to work on trying to build halftime shows. So, you know, people like uh, Shea Flowers and um, uh, um, uh, uh, Rosalind Shaw and, uh, you know, over at uh, uh, Spring Hill College, they allowed me the opportunity to try and uh, create a halftime show. This is when I started bringing in musicians because I'm a big believer that entertainment uh, in rugby should not be limited to just what's in the mm-hmm. game, but it needs to be a whole surrounding experience. It's 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 part of the, the human sensory. So in doing both of those, I realized I wanted to have an event that I wanted to create that I could we could build off of, but I wanted something that actually had a purpose. You know, I didn't want to just do another tournament for the sake of a tournament. I feel like those are a dime a dozen. Dime a dozen, yeah, pop, yeah. yeah. So it, it was like, okay, this needs to have purpose. And again, knowing that it, uh, Morehouse had one was huge. But then I found out that Prairie View A&M on the other side had a rugby team. And these two had never competed against each other. Mm. Living in Baton Rouge, it was like the perfect start. So uh, 2018, I was like, okay, let's go ahead and see what we can pull together. And I'm not going to lie, that was might be the hardest thing I've ever done. There was just pitfall after pitfall after pitfall. But by the grace of God, like Prairie View A&M and Morehouse College were in absolute support they made it down and in the chaos that was this first event 
they made it into something that was like absolutely beautiful. You know, I, I give a lot of credit for, to them because if it wasn't for those two, there wouldn't be any more happening after that. And that was always a worry. So it, it, we did that, created it for the next year. And I think we, we were able to create this like beautiful rivalry between Prairie View A&M and Morehouse. And then, you know, now we've been dealing with COVID and trying to fight our way mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. keep trying to add some pieces into it because, you know, the HBC rugby classic is, Again, where I say the build of opportunity or an access into what can be found in these opportunities in 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 this sport, yeah, you know, to find opportunity in this sport. So it really was just a lot of labor, a lot of interest in wanting to also create something that impacted what would be the American identity of rugby. Um, mm. And I, I, I that one always stands as maybe number three on the list which is, you know, if you don't intersect into the pop culture, can we actually create a stylization of a rugby that people will say is American versus a stylization that is simply a mimic of somebody else's? Like, we can identify Southern Hemisphere rugby or New Zealand mm-hmm, rugby, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Argentinian rugby, England, or, you know, maybe Northern Hemisphere in total rugby. But, like, when it comes to U.S. rugby style, like, what is it? What does it mean? Considering what type of athletes we have available, considering what type of, you know, uh, uh, resources we have available, what what identifies that? And, you know, from, yeah. You know what? It's a, that's an interesting question because, you know, what makes America unique and has always done so is its diversity and geography. Like yes. when you put it in the, in the landscape of the greater rugby community in the world, you know, South Africa is a rather big country, but it's not nearly geographically as big as the United States. Right. Right. And you don't, I mean, yes, there's Durban and Pretoria and Cape town, but you don't, you know, and Natal, but you don't have, I mean, essentially, there are probably 32 solidly, 32 cities in the United States that you could just have different forms of rugby. So and and so you have these geographic areas, you have this vast landscape. And it's I don't know, even even, you know, if you fast forward 50 years and we're one of the rugby powerhouses, I don't know that you'd have an identifiable American style. It would be so diverse depending on where in the country you go. I 100% agree with that. I, I think then where it comes into is how we end up presenting it out. I, I will say yeah. in one instance, yeah. I think that American-style rugby, it, it, it maybe in terms of the field play might not be, but our 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 festivity around gotcha. an event would right. make the a culture huge around it. Exactly. So, like, how yeah. we enter into the rugby yeah. match, how yeah. our, our our energy should go. Like, we if we see Kenya, like, even Kenya – is not is, is a large geographic nation more or less you know it has its mountains it has its lower parts we consider them to be a high octane entertaining whether they win or not it's neither here nor there but we under we can say like oh the kenyan team is in like they could wear a whole different set of jerseys and we'll be like those are the kenyans over there yeah like whenever it comes to the u.s sometimes i i, I do feel like we could walk into a room and nobody would be able to say like who we are unless we were identified correctly right and that geog- even that geographic that regionality of of culture plays into what coalesces into like yeah. an identity and then how we end up playing would end up kind of facilitate uh, kind of uh showcasing those type of energies that we bring into it right right 
Interesting, man. I, I, you know, I could sit and talk about what, you know, what that should look like for hours and hours, but I, <laughs> you know, hopefully things will, you know, as we inch closer to 2031 and 2033, we'll, we'll be able to make that identity and craft that identity and refine that identity a bit better so that we're prepared to, to be proper hosts. Fully um, agree. Fully. You know, so. I expect it because yeah. we're working, doing the work to do it on the ground level. Right. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So, you know, I'd like to think by that time, maybe you and I will be in a, in a place where we can really soak it in even more so than we already do, you know, <laughs> and I want to get into that because there's something that, that, that I really got to talk to you about in conjunction with the rugby world cup. But uh, before we get there, I want to have a little fun as if we're not having enough fun, you and I already. Uh, so I've got, uh, we usually do a t- quick tap segment. I present mm-hmm. it a little differently. I'm going to do a little bit of a, would you rather? So you still have a quick tap element, but, but I like to pose them this way. And uh, I try to tap into some themes that are going on right now. So uh, I'm going to start with one of those themes early on. You're from Louisiana, so I don't know. Yep. Maybe you tip your hand in this one. But would you rather win, and that they just came out as of the as of today's recording on Monday. It's the 20, what, 27th? 27th. 20, yeah, 27th. Would you rather win a 2023 city jersey now that they've been released? Have you seen these? No, not yet. What? No, oh. you know, we, we're in the classic. We're in the organization, oh. so I'm, I'm blind to the world. I know, but you're not living in a cave. Inform <laughs> me. Inform me. Oh, okay. wait. Oh, 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 oh. You mean the city? I'm sorry. You're talking about what? the Atlanta jersey. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. MLR so, city jersey. You, yeah. you, you know you know what just happened there? You you recognize my <laughs> absolute disdain for Atlanta. <laughs> we, we don't even recognize the presence. Gotcha. Okay. So right. so the city, city jerseys came out. Would you rather have a city jersey worn by Cam Dolan, the one with the gator that just came uh-huh. out, or the Chicago jersey that looks like the Bulls black with red pinstripes worn by Billy Meeks. Don't forget, shop MLR. Get all your gear. Get it fast. Get it hot. Get it while you can because that stuff will roll off the shelves. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be carrying the uh, alternate jersey of the Chicago Hounds that I'm wearing. I got this yesterday in the stadium. It's it's legit, too, because it fits a little tighter. It's got the GPS pocket in the back, which is kind of cool. So, um, but they've got these city city jerseys rolling out to, and they're coming out. I think this weekend. So everybody right. I'm, should. I'm, getting, I'm just waiting for them to get to the New Orleans one, so I can have the. Ooh, hmm. that's nice. Hold on, See? hold on. Let's. Okay, all right. Ooh, okay. Now I got context. Real go. question again. <laughs> So the question is, would you rather have Cam Dolan's game-worn 2023 city jersey or Billy Meek's game-worn city jersey? Mm. All right. I mean, look, even even biasly, I, I'm not going to – because Meeks has the Chicago one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the colors for Chicago. Like the, the black – I am a big dark color, especially black and red there. The contrast yeah. is – the only place I don't like it is University of Georgia. You know, again, we got SEC bias <laughs> stuff happening. But I'm not gonna lie that 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 Gator across the gold on the yeah. back. It's no, I'm still. Ooh, that's actually a tough one. That's a tough one. You know what? I'm not gonna lie to myself. As much as I like that Gator, I, I I'm too much for the dark colors. I'd take the Billy Meeks. Uh, Black and white Chicago one. I I'm, I'm sorry, Nola. It's it's not. It's a close. It's close. But I I, I it's just I, I love. There's something like ominous 
about that yeah. that color scheme. It's something yeah. on, ominous about it. And this, whew, that's nice. I thought you were talking about Atlanta's. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Atlanta looks like the. Hey, look, I don't Hurricanes. even look at Atlanta. Right? I, I, I'm... <laughs> that's a Nola fan right there. Nothing. That's a Nola fan right even, there. <laughs> you could put. You could, you know, use gold weaving and and thread and weave that thing in there it could be worth twenty thousand dollars i still wouldn't wear it uh uh so all right we got that one out of the way all right we're, we're going to start to cook from here all right let's go so next one all right uh would you rather be tackled by eben etzabeth or drive cross country in a car with matt mccarthy <laughs> Okay. All right. We got, we got questions. All right. All right. Let me think about this. Let me think about this. All right. Get hit. All right. You know, can fold the body. You don't breathe for about 10 minutes. All right. But you can recover. The other but it's hand, over in 10 minutes. It's over in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's in and out. Matt, we got, we got 20, we got about 26 hours, 26 yeah, right, hours of that. Right. You know, uh, about right. an hour, maybe two would do it. Right. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's like you also probably won't get very much in you're just you're just gonna be like questioning but the breathing just doesn't ever start again uh, you know what you know what i i gotta give my guy matt for whatever it's worth you know as i will take the hit day in and day out but but i'll give it to my guy matt for whatever it's worth we'll get like some good rugby you know media talk going on okay. and uh you know i get to work on uh getting my jokes in on him too because you know right. with <laughs> you got to sharpen that in you got to take it in yeah. but I, i'm yeah. uh, that hit is looking really appealing though <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to the next one would you rather have so you're getting to pick a <laughs> squad going into the rugby world cup you get to pick any player for Oof. your squad that's currently active and you have your choice of a number nine. Are you going with Antoine Dupont or Faf de Klerk? I'm probably going to go Faf de Klerk. Um, yo, that guy is impressive with South Africa. My goodness. Like, that is, that is a, that's not even a, that's, that guy is different. He's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's excellent. And, you know, I, I like how he, he stands, he's, he stands like Mighty Mouse. He stands up yeah. to even the biggest dudes, right? Hey, look, it's it's that strong African kind of, yeah. you know, right. power in it. Like, oh, I love it. I know you're going for the continent. I get it. <laughs> All right. Represent, baby. That's right. That's right. All right. Would you, not next one, would you rather have a cup of coffee? All right. You could okay. go have a cup of coffee with Eust van der Vestisen or Jonah Lomu. Oh my goodness! That's, there's, there's nothing to Joan. I mean, wait, hold up, wait. What time period are we doing this at? <laughs> it does your choice it, it, when okay. they're they're obviously obviously they're they they're they're alive. They're, okay, see that's that's. I just want to make sure. Alive. Because I was like, they're this, this could get very weird. Time. <laughs> okay, at, at the height of their prowess, perhaps. I, I think it's going to easily be Jonah Lomu. I mean, mm. uh, and this is something that I I aside from the fact that he is, you know, I, I think for most of us. A, a rugby icon in all every way yeah. and have looked up to him since I started playing rugby. But I think he, from what I understand, he was generally just fun people. And I don't even really drink coffee like that. So I'm pretty sure we could just have the conversation and I wouldn't all have right. to take anything at the same time. And honestly, it's just, 
that would be that would be a really good conversation. Not to just pick the brain, but just get that good. You know, New Zealanders they have that that really like goofy humor. Yeah, low key vibe. You know, exactly. Like I would, right. I, I I'd vibe with that. That that's 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 my vibe. All right, All right last one. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, ready. <laughs> would you rather play for Rugby New York in early March at a home game? Early March, Rugby New York or Houston in early June? Houston, all right? Give me my heat, all right? I do not believe in this cold <laughs> that, that is existing. I came up here, and I'm just – I'm dying. I am absolutely dying. Give me strong humidity. Let the, let the weather wrap me up and hug me while I try and go make my tackles. Folks at home, <laughs> Gift is currently in Jersey, where he probably is freezing uh, his, his, his private – Parts see, off. You, you see, you see this, you see this sweater. This is, it's not yeah. even cl- quite enough. It's, it's, I'm not built for this anymore. I was born into it and then I lost it. I adopted the heat and it became my true family. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that was fun, man. I like that one. I had some, some good answers and some interesting uh, perspective. Um, so we're going to, we're going to switch some gears here. I got, so I got to ask, um, you know, you've been doing the podcast bit. And it seems kind of like, you know, even even uh, the most innocuous folks, yeah, purveyors of media kind of jump into the podcast component. And when you've been doing it as long as you have, you, you kind of work your way into the fabric as you have with rugby and really be, become part of the landscape. So uh, what do you enjoy most about the podcast medium? I mean, th- I mean. Honestly, it's just being able to have the conversation and just being able to give people a reason to talk to you. Um, you know, I think they're especially so kind of how the best way to put it. So I, I've had several forays within this podcasting medium. I, I had one foray that started in 2014, 2015 and then stopped. I had another one that was 2017. And then the next one, which I want to say is the more current cycle that started in 2020. In each of those situations, it's been accessing people that you normally would not have had regular access to, um, you know, uh, and and then being able to get to learn about them. So uh, I think 2017 one, I think, was maybe the deepest, not the deepest, but was the earliest that I got to talk to people, talk to Pat Clifton, talk to Phaedra Knight. Um, you know, you had our, our people uh, within the college ranks of uh, what was, I think, basically the SEC rugby at that time, being able to converse with them and get to know them better. But I think this 2020 round was by far the most in-depth and the one that maybe provided me the greatest level of uh, exposure and access. So I was able to talk to people like, you know, the homie, Nia Tapper, Chetta Emba, um, getting to talk to Charity Williams, uh, getting to talk to, uh, people like Keisha, um, uh, Keisha, uh, Keisha out in Jamaica, and um, uh, uh, Katie Sadlier, who used to be the GM for women's rugby. Like you have these accesses, and then on top of that, get like a listing of at the time like black rugby uh, icons, in my opinion. Whereas like you got Ram Eddings with the Gray Wolves, we got um, the uh, oh. people people who found oh, Nick Walcott, man. Yeah, Nick, when Nick did you, what did you do that interview? Because man, that's when I first became associated with you. I was just kind of searching through pods and I saw this dude was on your pod from the Griffins and you're in Chicago. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I got to check this, this nastiness out. 
because uh, you know you got a Chicago guy, you got this dude Gift who's who's killing it in podcasting. Yeah, tell you know, talk to me about that. I'm interested. Honest, honestly, it was really simple. Nick reached out to me. Uh, he had already been seeing the pod, seeing some of the pod stuff, and he was like, "Dude, come talk to me. I got an interesting story." Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And for me, I'm yeah, just like, look, I wanna, I'm here to learn because the worst thing that you want to be is that person that's like, well, you don't have a name brand to you, so right, right. I don't really feel like talking. And it's like, no, let me hear because honestly, I've actually never had a regret when somebody hit me up and they were like, hey, can I, can we do a talk? And I was like, okay, sure. Why not? We'll see what, what happens and yeah. can bring something up. But with Nick, uh, I mean, you know, that dude, that dude's got a history between football and promoting now his son with racing, Yeah, you know, yeah. like being able to go overseas. He's been able to kind of have the full extent of experience. And again, it's not a guy that you hear of in a name brand right. sense, but right. it's like, his knowledge and expertise, I, I wish would be more tapped into because he really For does sure. know what he's talking about. And within For this sure. rugby space, we need so many outside thinkers Bro. to be able to yeah, escalate like, this. His, you talked to hit upon his promotion. Like he's a dude that we should be tapping into, you know, whether it be Chicago or wherever yeah. to, to get involved and bring, cause for those that don't know, he was a huge promoter in the Chicago entertainment industry, man. It's going to be big time acts, you know? Um, and, and he could, I mean, he could bring that entertainment piece into the rugby community and make it lit. A hundred percent. And and honestly, it's those things that need to be done to, to elevate the perception because, you know, with rugby, obviously, you know, this is a perception game. We know it in the community, what its impact is, but 90% 90% of the country has no idea what we're actually more than that. Maybe close to like 98% of the country has no idea the full extent of what rugby can do. So talking with Nick was, was especially, and I need to probably hit him up too, especially uh, interesting. And I, I, we ended up having a conversation for like almost two and a half hours and it probably could have gone on longer if it wasn't for the fact it was just like, you know what, let's take a break and let's see what, if we can rewind this back. Yeah. So no, Nick. Nick was was a great one, and and seeing what his sons and being able to get on on uh, Bravo yeah. for his yeah. son with or the racing. It, yeah, was it Bravo or was it uh, Discovery? Maybe Discovery. It's all owned by the same people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's legit, absolutely yeah. legitimate. Yeah, and he was he was one of those guys that like for those that don't know, a dude, you know, play as you said, played football, then he played with the Griffins, and then he 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 played for a couple of years over in England. You know, and it wasn't something that a lot of a lot of guys were doing. It's certainly not, time, you know, the 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 the, the African American athletes from right. the United States. You know, and right. and now again, he's he and his son are breaking berries. I mean, you don't think his auto racing is something where you see a lot of African American kids coming in and killing in, in the auto in his auto racing. His I think his son is like eleven or or something yeah. like that, and he's you know racing carts and has a desire to be an F one dude, and and his dad is promoting the hell out of him and. He's doing a good job. Kids killing it. Yeah. 
she's absolutely killing it. So yeah, no, no, it was it was a pleasure to be able to get that in. And one of the things that I really wanted to make sure that I could do, um, you know, as much as it is to get everybody, but I really wanted to make sure that there was historical piece uh, or at least historical um, sequencing of like black people, especially those as they rise to their prominence in rugby, having at least a chance to talk more. And, you know, my guy, you know, Lance Cavanaugh has been doing a great job from the club level side, probably better than I could do at this point, but we continue to still have those conversations and it became yeah. something that's become a lot more international, a lot more world global. And, you know, we just, it's just fun. And it's just fun to be able to be like, yo, that's my guy. Like I never would have thought to have a connection with right. any people on the national team. Like I just don't, New Orleans is not, Louisiana is not a natural hotbed going towards that anymore. Like it, it was, uh, you know, a couple, few years back when we had a, a lot of high schoolers. So, uh, or different kind of systeming of it. But, but hey, man, it's, they're killing it. They're getting some dudes up to LU. They've had like, they have, and I, I can't think of the names right now, but they have one kid that's there right now. And then they have two more that they just promoted uh, that, that are being recruited up to LU. So, the cycle's coming back around. Yeah, the cycle's yeah. coming back around. I can't help to think that uh, Nola, the team, and some of the players that have been involved with, uh, was it Maupin that was down at L- uh, Louisiana State helping run their program? Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and he got that kick started. So, you know, I expect to see more of that coming through there. But what's interesting about uh, about Nick's story, and I, he, he had a little bit of a health setback, so we hope he's doing well, but – like I hit him up after I did your uh, after I listened to your podcast. So I'm like, dude, I, I bro, I got to get to know this guy from Chicago. This <laughs> and I, we never crossed paths in the rugby world, which is surprising, right? But um, we ended up as a result, we ended up uh, uh, having lunch together and just you know kicking it for a little while, man. And and it was all because of gift. That means the most. That kind of connection. This yeah. is why we're in rugby. This is why we yeah. do the things that we do in rugby because you never know where 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 the 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 matches meet where the connections are and oh man that means a lot man i'm i'm happy to hear that 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 yeah. that makes my day it takes a lot of stress off the day for me man <laughs> that's that's just dope Good. glad i could do that but i i got to i got to move forward cuz i've been itching to ask you about this and uh cuz we i think we could get deep into the weeds about uh with this and for those that don't know like oh man when i stopped playing rugby um, in the men's club level, I needed something else to get my athletic, you know, uh, vibe on. And so I got into cycling, uh, with bikes and worked at a bike shop, et cetera. Uh, and I still do it and love it. It keeps me fit. Uh, keeps the, the pun intended, the gears running, but <laughs> you and Jason Bray set out a, a, on a cycling adventure that yeah. landed you, y'all in Japan in 2019, man. Yeah. Uh, t- tell me how this adventure came about. Oh man, um, dude, that one that that is probably almost single handedly the reason I was able to continue and keep pushing on rugby past this moment. So, uh, kind of how it started, like Jason and I. I met Jason in 2017. So, um, 2016, I went to Japan uh, with with uh, the, my ex now um but uh i met up with a J- japanese team called the tokyo gaijins my team that i play at with overseas played a game and they were like hey we go on tours you want to come on tours with us uh on these 10 tours it was, i was like sure why not so it was at bangkok 10s wanted to still document it and jason happened to be there at the same time uh doing his documentation for his 
his uh, um, his blog, uh, Rugby Lover's Guide to Asia. And so we just ended up kind of just connecting and talking because we we're trying to get interviews at the same time. And so from that point, you know, we just continued talking and talking. We'd always wanted to do something business-wise. And then he brought up the idea of the bike ride for the Rugby World Cup because I think the guy in um, from London or from South Africa who does a bike ride to the Rugby World Cup from like God knows where to drive, mm-hmm. ride all over. Uh, you know, it was something that was came up somewhat similarly. And so he was like, yo, I'd love to be able to document a lot of these NGOs that my that I, I've, I've followed in uh, rugby here in Asia. And there's a lot like that's one thing that people don't know. There is a lot of rugby that happens in Asia because uh, there's a lot of expats that reside there. Mm-hmm. But it's not like really talked about uh, very much outside of that continent. Like, come oh, to the U. I, I, you know, it's funny you say that because, and for those that don't know, Duke Krishnan is playing for the Hounds. He's the first like Malaysian player to, yeah. you know, to play in the United States. And like, I met Duke, and he's just he is a an absolute ground salt of the earth type of dude, yes. and he's killing it for the Hounds, man. I mean, he is a he is a physical player. That's been Yo, an awesome addition. They do it. It's 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 amazing. And and I'll, I'll add to that and get back to the point. But you yeah. know, in Asia, one of the reasons why I loved going back to Southeast Asia was, and it's kind of informed what I wanted to do with the classic, is the pageantry behind yeah. it. Like, yeah, I, for whatever reason you feel like a star playing tense, it'll be a hundred different teams but you absolutely are like giving a world class for just amateur tens sevens rugby. It It is amazing. And the g- gameplay is amazing because you literally are getting people from all over the world to get come compete at these things. So like, uh, like your guy from Malaysia, I bet you he went through Jora Bora uh, to be able to play. I would almost be certain that he was just outside of Singapore and I've been to their, mm. their facilities. So kind of to that same point, it was just, when we decided to do the the competi- the the bike ride, it was to be able to go and and interact with them. Jason had already had experience with them, but for me, this was like a first time. And then, of course, being in Asia, you know, to to this extent, outside of doing it for a week or two, you know, um, was was an experience. And honestly, it was hands down one of the best experiences I have ever had in my life. Now, and how? How long did you like? How many days did you take to ride that? We took overall. It was six weeks. No, yeah, it was. It was six weeks to do the ride, and then, and that's going partially into Japan. And then we did another two weeks afterwards. I did another two weeks afterwards to finish up uh, covering the U.S. Wow. at the Rugby World Cup. So wow. eight weeks. It was about eight weeks in total that everything was and and. That was tough. That was how many how many different. hours a day did you ride in the saddle? Oh my goodness! So I'm not gonna lie, uh, my body gave out very quickly. Like that was different. So we were doing about eight to ten hours per day, uh, and and just trying to get that going. But uh, after a little bit, uh, I had to. We had to end up going back and forth because I did not prepare well for the cycling. Yeah. And you know this. Yeah. Whenever you cycle, yeah. like there's a difference between you bike riding and your cycling. Yeah. And uh, and that hit different. Jason was able to do it almost consistently until he got injured. But um, being able to, I did it 
between um I did it in Vietnam. No, no, I did it in Cambodia. I did it in Thailand. Oh no, I did it in Singapore, Malaysia, and uh uh Cambodia. And then uh and Jason was able to do it because we also lost one of our bikes because uh it got it got destroyed. <laughs> it oh, was boy. terrible. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, but geez. that was that was different. Like we 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 made the documentary on it and it feels like it was edited for drama. It wasn't. It was it was literally that dramatic all the time. Yeah. But yeah. you just love it. Like, oh yeah. my the people were so cool. I've never felt so safe in an area in my life. I was so really? uncomfortable with how safe it was. I've heard good things about cycling in, in Asia, particularly Southeast Asia. Yeah, the kindest people, everybody's cool. Of course, my narcissism got played because you know, everybody wanted to take pictures with me. I loved it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was just like, take that in. But like when I say it was the safest I've ever been, and this is where I go, like, this is where I'm a little American because I need that little bit of edge to be like, yo, something, just always be a little bit aware. Always be aware. Yeah. I didn't feel like I could be aware. I felt like I was just getting very, very, very low key. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't live here. It's too safe. Ironically. Yeah, our P, our PTSD. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, so are are you gonna are you gonna do a repeat here pretty soon with the oh. Rugby uh, World Cup twenty twenty three? Maybe from England to France, or you know, bro, we, I will, I am. You, you think I'm working this hard just so that I can just sit back and enjoy more? I, I'm trying to get back on the road again. There we go. We, there we go. <laughs> we're trying to get back on the road. And I, I held us up. Yeah, I, I'd do like a GoFundMe or something if I could get the time off of work, and I, wow. I'd, I'd hit it with you, man. I'd Let's love go. to do it. Let's go. Yeah, I need to get some sponsors or hit up REI or some yeah. other some <laughs> other uh, source of 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 income to get me there. But that would be that would be freaking amazing. Just amazing Yo. experience to be able to bike and just you know the thing about the bike that if people don't do it and and you know because you did it is like. You take it, it's different from a car because everything yeah. you you're able to actually absorb what's around you, right? Yeah. And that includes the people, right? Yes. When you stop and and you have a coffee or you stop and you you know you get some lunch and and it, there's an automatic conversation started with <laughs> folks and they they want to see where you're from and who you know and and talk to you and get to know you and you know and uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, in, in Iowa they have the ragbri right where people yeah. ride across Iowa. And it takes a week. And there are wow. people there that like they change around every year and towns get geared up yeah. when they're on the route and people bake apple pies and they want you to, you know, pitch a tent in their yard and they're yeah. ready for you. And they're just willing to take you in. It's a wonderful, wonderful way to see things. You know, it, one thing that I've learned and this is what came from doing the biking and it's come from doing door to door sales, um, which you know, I, I'm very happy that I've been able to have these experiences because I think so many times we take what we see on social media and appraise it to directly to real life. And the yeah. reality is, and, and I know a lot of people probably feel otherwise, but for me, I'm like, I think most people are really legitimately dope people yeah. that just need somebody often to talk to without judgment. And right. knowing that you get that element and then you see like the kindness, like you said, like it is wild how many people would be willing to let you into their house uh, and just feed you and let you drink and rest. And you don't know them from Adam and or the people who will see you on the road and be like, yo, cheer you on. Or the people yeah. who you just talk to and just asking questions. You just have great conversation. Like it is 
such a uh, uh, filler for the soul. And, and and it probably sounds like I'm being, you know, un, probably unnecessarily positive, but it's, it's a real thing. Talking with people in a genuine way up front and just without like the mental judgment free zone kind of have like be free. And, oh man, people, people will bring the best out of them. Cause I, I do think that a lot of people don't actually get to have as great a conversation as we think that we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of funny. I, so, you know, through the hounds and well, actually I knew this guy from before the hounds, but we've kind of been able to talk a little bit more. He, you know, we're talking and he goes, yo, I'm going down to Kentucky and I'm going to do like a three or four day bourbon tour. Yeah. Right. Where we're just g- going to go to the distilleries. Right. And you just ride in Hit between. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, Ian, that's my boy, Ian Wegger. Uh, Ian, you and I might have to make that happen, brother. I, I, I just, I, I just may have to do that. Cause man, it, it would be, and I'm not even a bourbon drinker, but I would do it just for the, it's just for the experience experience. Yeah. It's experience. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like I get this time. The next time I do bike riding, I'm actually going to prepare for real. Cause I, yeah. I very much underestimated the level yeah. of, of, of impact on the body, but it was genuine. Also, I'm a pack less because I packed like I was yeah, gonna be packing yeah. for two months for, and I didn't right. need to pack like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you gotta develop a callus on your ass in order to solve oh my for any length of time. What? Yeah. What yeah. man? Yeah. Say you speak nothing but truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when I get back on the bike and spend more time in the saddle, it takes me a couple of weeks to get that callus back. My my ass is sore. It's right. No it's, about it. it's the crack, man. It's right, right. in the crack. That's right. where you, right. especially if the seat's not that big enough. Yeah. Like I got a big butt, so I need that seat to be like. <laughs> right. That thing will whoop my butt so hard. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So listen, we, I gotta know. I mean, we've talked about all the stuff you do in the media landscape. Your course, you got the classic and the and the festival coming up here this coming weekend. By the time this comes out. Uh, it should be, you should be down there getting, getting things ready. You, you know, hit the cycling tour and the rugby world cup in 2019. What's next for GIF? Man. So, uh, you know, right now, obviously I'm down in Brazil. So really being able to work to see how we can make an impact in that area, because I, I, I found myself having a connection between Brazil, the U S and, and Nigeria. And, um, you know, it all, subsequently all connects in wanting to raise it all areas to where I think the talent is way higher than the people realize. And the ceiling for all of them is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So being able to expand that. And then with the HBC rugby classic, you know, we want to be able to constantly grow, build it, be more self-sufficient and, and be able to help build the HBCU rugby um, uh, rugby conferences, bring more teams in, uh, and really continue to elevate the number of like competitive teams that we're going into. And I want to be able to help get a few HBCU uh, uh, players onto that USA national team for yeah. 2031, 2033. We're within that range, of course. And, you know, it's there, there's a lot, man. I, I still want to be able to do more entertainment stuff. I want to create more actual movies. Like one of my favorite things is reviewing rugby movies and kind of going through them. And they all are unique you know some some few are great uh a lot are okay more than should be are pretty terrible but at least uh there's an an entertainment factor to it but i'd love to see more american 
made rugby movies and more rugby stories being presented in yeah. that. So um, what happens with the classic hopefully directly impacts that and being able to obviously now continue to document and travel and see more of the rugby world and kind of give another view that maybe you don't get from rugby pass or you don't get from world rugby's uh, channel the same way. I think we just, sometimes the presentations are, are different and, you know, get to see more of the U S because we just need to elevate that. Dude, I, I got an idea. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I got an idea. We got to make this happen. So I don't know if you've read it. Adam Hughes. Uh, and I found out about Adam uh, just through a, a, again, through another rugby buddy of mine. Yeah. For those that don't know, just published a book recently. It's called This is Rugby. And, and this Great isn't book. about the plug, but, um, you know, I started reading the book. And the beautiful thing, if, for those that haven't picked it up, uh, it's a book that just kind of covers the U.S. rugby landscape. It just goes, you know, from east to south to, to midwest to west, and it covers a whole bit. And the cool thing is, is like, you don't really have to read it sequentially. Right. You could just go any place in the book, pick up the start of the chapter or start of a section, you know, that covers a region. And you just read that section right. and you'd be like, all right, you know, and, and it just, it just works. And so I, re, I've been really enjoying that. I reached out to him and I said, Hey, uh, I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. Um, there were some things lacking when you covered Chicago rugby in the Midwest. I said, you know, um, Chicago blaze rugby, my, my club. I mean, they were one of the first clubs, one of the few clubs in the eighties and into the nineties that had its own, pitch had its own clubhouse yeah. you know yes. had that legitimate thing and he's like and he wrote back to me and i loved it he said yeah look i actually reached out to the club and i didn't get anything back and i'm like well i appreciate that and that's disappointing on for my end right. right so here's my pitch let's go do a video documentary and not you know wisconsin's got a new clubhouse we got the right. chicago blaze just put up a new clubhouse a couple of years ago you're you know i know there's one in charlotte um they, there's a number of clubs that are putting them up and almost do like you know once you know one series or one uh uh episode in yep. a series of six or eight or whatever just covers the lifeblood of of that club and the challenges that were navigated to you know, to get that to where it is. This is, you, you speak to my soul on this one, because this is exactly it. It's, it's what is the stories, like what is the culture of that club? And then what is the, 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 I like to call the ancestry of it, because yeah. this, you know, Adam, and I, I love Adam, Adam's legit. It's one of my guys, like, um, again, through the podcast, being able to talk more, yeah. but like, what he did with being able to gather these stories was just like the front end part of it. The other half now is kind of having your series through your, your, your ride through your series through America, almost um, what's his name? Uh, Guy Fury kind of style yeah. where you just jump in and do it. No, I love that idea. It's just wanted to make sure that it's, you just get it funded. Like that's what we're yeah. trying to do is like make sure that the audience appreciates it, get it to the places where it needs to, and then just be able to sell that. Because I think those stories really, really do need to get told because I don't think that we grow as a country. And, and this will always go back to my, my U S rugby Americanism is heavy. I always say I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm super nationalist with my sports, but um, I, I think that it's very difficult for us to be able to grow forward without knowing what we're doing behind. It's, you know, not an uncommon phrase, but yeah. I think we a lot of times, especially in the rugby clubs, we have guys that talk 
about what happened in the past. Well, you know, we have the old stories that are, you know, orally told, but we don't actually get like a actual booklet history. Like right. we're not seeing, yo, these are the guys, these are their stories. Well, that was a cool thing about Adam's book, right? Yeah. I mean, he told those stories. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's, and, and and I just I gotta think that you know, how cool would it be? It, again, you'd have to get somebody with some dope money to give you like uh to be able to outfit sell this value, baby. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. And you know, just a couple dudes, you actually go from you know, from rugby that rugby club to the next rugby club, and maybe along the way you actually stop at a few. You know, you got Tuesday, Thursday nights yeah. is is consistent. When you talk about a rugby culture, I mean that's consistently a training night. Yes. Right in the club scene, yes. right? Tuesday, Thursday night, you, you hit clubs along the way, and then you get to that destination, and and that's that's an episode, right? Yeah. And you find out well, how did you do this? What had to happen? How did you, you know, what were the, the pitfalls? What were the challenges? How did you raise the money? I mean, all those questions, and it would give a like telling the story to be able to help maybe prevent uh, present a roadmap for clubs that want to do the same thing. That yeah. go, you know. That, and that's the thing. That's the mimic. That's why you need those those stories to be not lost in memory. And and not just, you know, universal, but individual clubs need to have right. their documentation. Um, and honestly, the other half of it is it's actually good to be able to sell the value to whether it's just, you're trying to get sponsorship, whether you're trying to build your audience. Like the more that they feel connected to the history, the more they're going to be connected into you. And and the more they connect into you, the more you're able to build and develop because your community grows accordingly. So you need that. It's 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 ridiculously important. And it's very hard for us to do. It's it's very hard for a lot of other sports to do because the history has such you know longevity that a lot could be lost. But modern US rugby, I it doesn't have that problem. We're starting from 1960, 1961, give or take. Right, right. You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking on my own mind as you're as you're saying all that. Like I'm thinking back to the Blaze and and uh, like this guy Pete Thornley, who is mm-hmm. English, came to the United States as part of BP. I mean, that's where the club got its roots. I mean, he was the guy that had the vision, and Pete's in his 80s, yep. and I'm like man, I got to get his words. I got to get any thoughts yes. I can mine from him about this because, you know, uh, obviously we don't like to talk about it, but at some point, you know, these, these founders, these, these uh, pioneers are not always going to be with us. Um, yeah. And wouldn't it be great to be able to document it and have it there for posterity to be able to tell those stories? Exactly. Look, that's, that's where it's most important. Like that's, that's where you want. That's, Honestly, that was part of the reason why I did the podcast. It was like, look, I don't know what's going to happen to people. I don't know where they're going to change to in different points in time. But we're going to have this at least original story locked here. And wherever they go and grow, we can add to it. But we're going to know that this existed and they existed in this moment and their significance to the process. Because so many people have a significance to the process that we might not know overall. Um, And and it needs to. Even, Even in the rugby media scape. It is one of my things that I want to make sure that I have. So, you know, you got to bring up, be on the pod, but have all rugby media people being on there because what we've done, especially over the course of the last 15 years, and really I'll say strongly over the course of the last seven, has yeah. been monumental in the development of communication for rugby yeah. in the U.S. Because there it's was not being covered there. by mainstream media, right? Exactly. 
And and the people that have been involved, literally yeah. everybody is a stepping stone. Whether you were Curtis, whether it's Goff, whether it was um uh the Coyle. guy who made Rugby Magazine, whether it's it's now we Clifton. get to the guy Clifton and you and myself, it's it's uh Grant Cole at one point, yeah. Headley Legrand, like all these people have been involved in creating and curating the stories over time. And while people might fall off here and there, like those are important into yeah. into those leanings. Um, so, you know, I, I think we have an opportunity as a young old sport <laughs> to yeah. be able to have these advantages. But and luckily, a lot of these people are alive. But you know, it's you think it's, Netflix would give us some money to do this gift? I think if you sell it right, <laughs> hey, look, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of streaming companies out there that need con- yeah. content. You know, there's yeah. there's some to it. Look, Hulu might Rugby throw Network, in there. are you listening? <laughs> oh, we, we said had money. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's 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 I think those are but that's the thing. This is where our job comes in. Uh a lot of people will always say, like, with rugby, it's a because it's a niche sport, initially. People will just go, well, it's only good for the people in the community. It's our job to make everybody else care. Like right. nobody is responsible for caring about the sport before we talk to them about it. But right. if we're starting to talk, we need to build that. So when I talk to like, hey, maybe we need to talk to a streaming company, ESPN or Fox or whatever it is, you know, we bring to their presentation like, yo, there's a lot of people who are significant in this. And your guys are going to care because once they know what was going on, it's going to make a lot of things make sense moving forward from there and then it creates this all-encompassing we saw it with f1 if f1 yeah, can do it right all right, right. We- <laughs> yeah no i mean no kidding i mean that's a it's amazing that that the amount that's caught on especially with young people i mean my younger son jack is really i mean he was a nascar kid when he was you know five six seven years old but now now he's super into f1 and it's really popular with his buddies in college and it's amazing right. it, it's it's because of drive to survive right yeah Exactly. Also, I absolutely 100% refuse to allow pickleball to outdo us. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my enemy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bags. <laughs> You're part of the problem. No, I'm yeah, yeah. no, no. But it's just like you, you, you see that happening. And it's, it, it's just like, yo, this is it's not impossible. The concept of niching does not mean limited to it just factors into you're starting at a smaller rate and now it's time for you to grow if you yeah. choose to yeah well dude we've been at it for an hour and and uh great convo man it was great convo man <laughs> i mean i i like i said i kind of that was my goal when i knew i was doing this with you and i knew you were kind of we come from the same space and we work at it from the same way it would flow pretty naturally it wasn't like you know an interviewer and an interviewee it was two dudes just Talking just about talking. what they do and what they know. This is, yeah. this is the part. This is what we do. This yeah. is this is rugby right here. This is... Absolutely. <laughs> so I had, man, I, I can't, t- I've had a lot of fun. I, I We got to do this in person sometime, bro. Oh, that's going to happen. Yeah. Like that, that's an inevitability. That's not a, if, it's just a matter of when, when, when yeah. it happens, it'll happen sooner yeah. than later. Yeah, I, I got to make that happen. And we, we, we've been nearly in the same places. I just, it's, it's now time to just cross it over to the, to the other side. hundred percent. So, all right, let, let, let's close it out. You obviously you're, you're in country, you're doing the classic, uh, you're, you're married to, uh, congratulations on, on the enough tools. I think you guys have been married, what a year. Yeah. It's going to be a year and a year and four five, six months. Hold on. 
Okay. A year and five months and so, okay. which is wild. Never thought right. that would happen. And right. and you're spending you're spending most of your time down in in Brazil. Yep. Uh, so what's, uh, when are you going to get back up to the United States and, and do a little bit more, you know, in person with rugby? I mean, I, again, this is what's going to depend what happened with this classic, you know, what we're able to set up and, and, and create funding for the issue has never been distance. It's always going to be like, what's the value that we're putting out there. So right. I, I'm really looking to be able to have more, um, in your face, uh, time for rugby. I, I do feel, and we talked a little bit before, just the need to continuously stay connected to the community. But at the same time, I, I can't pretend that Brazil isn't providing some opportunities that I never thought, like coaching kids. I never expected to do it. And uh, my my in-laws got me uh, coaching rugby for for some of the, the church kids. And that is they're trying to keep you fun. down there, brother. They're trying to keep That's me. Why. I'm not gonna lie. You know, could achieve a rugby. Got to give them their shout out. You know, they yeah. they've been asking for me to come back out to be able to play, and I just haven't had the time. You know, building up into this moment, but uh, you know, it's 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 finding a way to balance out all of this. But the more that we're able to get um, outside people involved in our rugby development, in terms of like you know, bringing the companies, bringing the fans, creating more casuals. It makes it easier for us to be able to do more ambitious uh, work. And uh, I, I really work hard to try and be as ambitious as I can with rugby. I, I think this is this is our Google in 1997 uh, and has a chance to be able to, to yeah. blow up. But, you know, it just takes the work, you know, and, and at this media stuff for now 10 years. Yo, that's 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 where we get to, to see what the next the next pop is going to be. And you're killing it, man. You're killing it. And oh, uh, dude, I appreciate it. it. It's it's been a lot of fun sharing an hour and change with you and, and just um, sharing your knowledge and and spreading uh, the gospel of rugby and what you do in the landscape. And man, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, and let me know when you get back up here and, and uh, maybe we could do one episode, a pilot, so to speak, like Jerry Let's and go! George and sell it to NBC this time. Let's go. <laughs> Let's right. go, Peacock. You need us. <laughs> we got an idea. It's about we got an nothing. Idea. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to make that. Hundred so. percent down for it, Rob. Thank you All so right. much for having me on, man. It means the most. It's a pleasure, man. You're you're absolutely one of my favorites. And uh, anytime the, the door to the rugby rant is open, anytime you want to come on, you join us and and. Uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy your, your married life and, and uh, all the things in Brazil and good luck this coming weekend with the classic uh, kill it, have fun, spread the gospel. Uh, it's been often uh, awesome sharing some time with you, brother. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome to the rugby rant podcast show, your premier North American rugby podcast, growing rugby one fan at a time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.